I actually wanted to say good morning, my dogs, for a change. And that was because uh, my puppy, Jody, just called me uh, while I was in the middle of my beauty sleep. And he and his missus said, are you sick? Are you sick? Mate, mate I was in the middle of a power nap. Were you? Yes. You didn't say that when we spoke to you. You just said, no, 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 I'm all right. <laughs> I said, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I was literally waking up from a very, very deep power nap. That was literally one of them naps where you think, have I aged a couple of years? You know, that you, you wake up in 2030 or something. Oh, I had one of them yesterday. And I got, yeah? I got woken up. Yeah, like I'd, I was like feeling absolutely knackered. I had a like sleep. Thought it was going to be like 30, 40 minutes. I ended up being asleep for two hours. And Laura, <laughs> woke, Laura woke me up. She was like, you need to get up. <laughs> that is nuts, isn't it? Like, I know. Okay. Like, it's just gone, mate. Like straight away. As soon as my head touched the pillow, that was it. I was down. Yeah, me too, me too. Because this morning the alarm went off at quarter past eight for a four and a half hour grim flipping ride in eight degrees rain. Um, I had three flipping flats, mate, three flat tires, but I got it done. Three flat tires on the ride? Yeah. And it was crazy. pissing down every time you were having to like... It, well, yeah, like, not pissing, but it was raining, yeah. Who were you riding with? Wild One, the Target King. The wild um, one. He actually yeah. went out with you. Yes, 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 yes. He's uh, he came back from all the uh, all the training camps. So uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can do a bit more training in the in the future because I think that'd be good. Um, and uh, his missus and a couple of others. So uh, yeah, we had a nice little bunch. Yeah. The whole gang. We had the whole gang, gang, mate. Amsterdam gang. But uh, how's your week been? Any highs and lows? Got a few highs and lows, mate. I um, had a good race last weekend, you know, because we left it, didn't we, when we were doing the 10K. That is true. I said I was doing 10K and you said and I was, was going to do. 30, 32.30? 30. 32.45, you said. No, I wouldn't say stuff like that. Yeah, you thought, okay. I'd be, you thought I'd be lucky to break 33 minutes, mate. Maybe I wanted to say something like 31 minute 10 or something. <laughs> no, you <laughs> underestimated me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like I wanted to go under 31 minutes. Did 31.06, close enough, like, you know, give it only seven seconds in it. And I was on until literally the last hill. And then uh, the guys, I, I was ahead of, like, these two guys. They were, like, proper runners, like, weighed, like, absolutely, fuck all, probably weighed, like, 60 kilos. And they oh. just took off, mate, on the hill. I was, like, uh, an ogre chasing them, you know. Yeah. Uh, was, like, <laughs> beauty and the beast. But the drama started, mate, at the start line, you know, um, I went, I, I was like looking around and it was like, because it was like a proper big race. They had like all these like signs up, like sub 60, sub 50, sub 40, sub 35. Um, so I went to go into sub 35 one and uh, so someone said, mate, this is for um, under 35 minutes. The 40 minute one's over there. Shut up. Did someone thought, say no, that to yeah, you? He thought, yeah, he thought I was like too big, mate, to run under 35. So oh, that's great. Why would someone say that? Because 35 isn't what it's quick. A lot of people run 35. I know. They were all skinny, mate. They all, It looked like a scene from Billy Elliot, you know, with all ballet dancers and stuff there. Like, you know, so <laughs> right. I'm like, there and they're like, you know, I don't get any benefit running behind those guys, you know, because I need like two of them, one for my left side, one for my right side. But yeah, he said sub 40 minute runners are there. And I said, oh, no, nah, mate, I'll be all right. I'm, I should be under 35. But yeah, he wanted to try and move me because I think he, like people are proper like defensive, aren't they, about their their positions where they start? You know, they don't want to mm -hmm. they don't want to move. But you know, you just got to take stuff like that on the chin, don't you? What do you, What did you say to him? I said I'll be all right, mate. Like <laughs> these muscles aren't painted on. Do you know? I think, in my opinion, um, a, a, a lot of runners, especially like, like these run races, are very uh, unhygienic. I said it and triathletes pissed themselves on the bike but <laughs> during a race. But I think a lot of runners are very unhygienic. You know, they're always, if you go to a running race and you rock up and if they've, if they, sometimes they've got these changing rooms or whatever, it always smells like poo and tiger bomb. Oh. It's always yeah. the same. <laughs> and they, they fart and you snort everywhere. But yeah, would, they do do that. But I, then I would say triathletes have got more manners or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you do say that. But like, I used to do these crit races. And I remember being on the start line of a crit race and um, they these were like the big city centre ones. So you think like, I remember when they first started, it was called the Tour Series and there was like 10 of them and they're like in the big cities around the country. And the TV, they're like literally broadcast on the TV, thousands of people watching them. And I remember being on one and one of the guys 
like because you're on the start line getting ready to go. Like if you were a spectator right next to it, you would have seen him, and he like literally whacked his cock out, and he's just like <laughs> pissing on the floor. <laughs> like literally, if you were like too close to him, the spray would have ended up like hitting your leg and stuff like that on the middle of like the road and stuff like that. Like five minutes before the start line, <laughs> and really you say about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I'd have, I'd never have thought of doing that, but like that was that was what he did, and I still know who it is. I know I could literally name him and shame him, but like I can't do that. But like that, that I still remember it. Like, and it was multiple times they were doing it. I just it's just always the same. It's poo and tiger bomb, kind of like this. But this, you know, why the runners do it, don't you? Why it stinks in the running one? It's because they all get worried. They eat so much pasta. That's what it is. It's too much carbs like <laughs> yeah. before. It's, it is. It's refined. Like... Shitload, shitload of runners are extremely undereducated. Like we as triathletes, we just ate a shitload of jails and we listen to a million gazillion podcasts. <laughs> they eat, um, if they do a local 5K run, they, they start loading up carbs three months before. And then during the race, <laughs> they have to go to the toilet 16 times like that. Yeah. Stomach is already uh, into pieces, and then they, but, they, I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. does always smell of tiger bum when you go into the running change rooms. It's like old school, like when you're at like a football match and you're like ten or eleven. You know when you like play football on the team, in it like stinks like that. But that is what it is. Like, that is one of my memories of like doing like exactly. cross country. And then when they're stuff. waiting for ten minutes in the uh, in the starting area, they're all farting, burping, snorting, and, and <laughs> some are even pissing. <laughs> I think runners are gross. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a fishing triathlete on the bike <laughs> yeah yeah i did have um i had a lot of people like barking at me as well you know really like, yeah yeah like lo- loads of people would do it like was it, barking was while it I was a big running. race yeah it's pretty big like i think there was like six seven thousand people doing it something like that for so for a 10k it was big it was good it started like in the city center so it was like a good laugh oh, um, that's good going. i've got yeah, a little uh sneaky trail tomorrow running trail have you trail, trail, trail race yeah. 33k 33k do you think it's Jesus. a lot yeah this is, is good yeah. for cozumel isn't it yeah get fit or get fucked mate exactly let's <laughs> get it <laughs> i've got a little low as well what was what's this by the way your low oh it's a high maybe the 31 minutes well, yeah i'd say it was a high like because i felt pretty good yeah i'd give that as a high exactly but, it um, is what it is. and it had 600 meters of climbing as well that's why he didn't went on the thing uh, i think it was uh 630 but like don't worry 600s around roughly around exactly it was basically 10k uphill um i went for a little swim yesterday and the water kept touching my eyeballs so i was thinking the goggles leaking my flipping goggle has show shit lot of mold in there that i think the mold has eaten its way through the the seal that kind of seals your your eye from the uh from the from the gases and normally if i always normally if i do an eye man i buy new swimming goggles but i haven't done an eye man <laughs> so we've been using them for like six years now <laughs> so it's like i'm swimming with the curtains closed <laughs> Thing. I could literally yeah. see things crawl in the goggle glass. <laughs> There's so much mold in there. But um, yeah, it keeps leaking. So I have to get my goggles. I know what you mean because, like, all my goggles seem to get mold in. And, like, I'm a bit embarrassed now to talk to people because if I talk to people and I've got my goggles in, I'm like, fuck, I swear they can, because they're clear ones. I'm like, I can, I swear they can see a load of mold. And I do this exactly the same. I get a new pair every eye, man. So I've got to head out to Florida. I've got these moldy old goggles on me. But how the hell do you stop mold accumulating in goggles? Like I get it in every single it, pair. Well, if you if you would want it, you need to like uh, dry it after every uh, swim session, and also like regularly clean it with these uh, screen things. But we're too lazy for that, Joe. Yeah, so that's how I get it all the time, and it's like uh, it gives you a bad rep, doesn't it? You know, like or you feel bad you, when it, it gets to the point when you can literally see it when you've got you like hold them like that and like looking through the opposite way you put them on you're like yeah, yeah I can see all the mold like people are going to exactly. think you're a right skank. And in, in, in my <laughs> in my in my case, it's so bad that if I leave the goggles, for example, on on the counter or whatever for a bit, it literally walks away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty grim. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, mate. No, I'm gonna. You're gonna have to stick to. We're gonna have to stick to dark goggles, aren't we? So you can't tell the mold. In no, it, like, I never, never clear. again dark goggles. Last time that I used dark goggles was in uh, 70.3 Florida Haines cities in Texas. <laughs> the start was so early a.m. and we, me with my black goggles, I couldn't even see a flipping buoy. 
you and so, the Tiger King both ended up going for that, didn't you? But I do remember that um, everyone that followed the kayak ended up going the long way. You ended up like go like taking a bit of a cut, didn't you? No fault, really, because the course was a flipping maze. And I remember going past you <laughs> because you had <laughs> you didn't you, know, you have like understand. a red swimsuit. Didn't you have a red swim skin or something like that? So I went past. No, and I could no, see no. The that color. I, I had a red tri suit, so you could a see red tri suit. That was what it was. I could see that then. I knew there was something, and I could. Uh, I went past you, and I thought, "Fucking hell, Tom's in the mix here. We've only got like five hundred meters to go, and he's right." In. <laughs> but then one of the kayaks was like, "You need to go back." And the Tiger King got like he they didn't. He Tiger King got lucky. Up. He got only went past him about one hundred and fifty meters to go. I was like, Tiger Crazy. King's right out there. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was a, that course was crazy, like completely. Dark. It was amazing. But what do you know? What I find crazy is that sometimes um, that w- pros in general, well, maybe also the age groupers, but uh, like Joe, pros, you're racing for money. The swim discipline is our weakness, so we need to make it up on the bike and on the run. But we need we want to prepare that swim as good as possible in order to lose, uh, uh, don't lose as much time. Like we need to limit the damage. But then we're not allowed to practice swim. How, would you ever see Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen being thrown at a new course like a flipping maze? And then you can't practice this one. Three, two, one, start. Let's go. Balls I out. Know, can it's you crazy. remember, though, the signs for the lake saying no swimming, alligators and stuff like that? Yes. And we were all asking in the briefing, like, are we allowed to swim in here? Like, it says there's like alligators. And we're like, yeah, but it was also like, don't no, be last. There was also no warm up and practice swim in Texas. I know. Like, I hate, that? Yeah, I hate that. And that, um, that that course though, I just remember when we were standing there and all the pros were talking to each other and we're all like, "Yeah, what, where oh, do we go?" Yeah, because you had no context on uh, where the course was going, did you? Like standing yeah, but on yeah, the... you had these sneaky Americans that have done this race before, so they knew what it was, and and they were just throwing some stuff in the mix. Oh, it's just left, right, left, right under the bridge, and then there, 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 and you're like, "I I I have literally got no clue." I'll follow the rest. I'll follow the rest and hope. Yeah, but then my goggles were so black and dark that everyone was gone after 100 meters. But anyway, Jody. I had to... Sorry? What were you going to say? What, you got another one? No, you've got another one. All right. Move on then. I had a bit of of a high. So I I was listening to a playlist that would have got your uh, approval, I reckon. Like, it was on Spotify the other day. It was a 90s pop one. Had like Shania Twain. That's one of yours, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. that would make it onto yours. Didn't have Atomic Kitten on it, mate. That must be two thousands or something, or it didn't Oy. make a nineties pop. Oh, so like wouldn't that. have probably had. Well, maybe Enrique Iglesias, Ronan Keaton, uh, Celine yeah, Dion. Uh, didn't have, didn't have uh, Celine Dion. Didn't have Ronan Keaton. Like oh. uh, they didn't make hmm. it onto it. But did have Backstreet Boys. Had Spice Girls. Oh right, uh, all right, right. Yeah. So fairly decent. <laughs> <laughs> something. And I was doing an interval session, and. Um, I had uh, a Spice Girls song came on, mate, and uh, I actually ended up pushing a few more watts. Like when I had that on, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's like I was doing like tempo effort. You know, I don't even I can't remember what Spice Girls song it was on, but I was getting like right into it, and I thought, did you think at that time like now I get what Tom was pumping in Fund Remote and why he was like. uh, I was thinking this is the secret. This is the secret, but it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Because like. Obviously, no one could hear, could they, what you were listening to? But if I was like, I was going to play it with techno when we were doing a run, uh, session the other day, and you went, oh, no, I can't bike along to this. I went, <laughs> all right, all right, don't worry, we'll put something else on. But I, I, when I was doing it, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gaining a few watts here. Like, this is a, this is yeah. a guilty pleasure. And I'm actually enjoying listening to it. Some old throwbacks. Exactly. Like, brought Tell back me what some you memories. want, what you really, really want. No, yeah, that was one. Yeah. yeah. What was that, like, wannabe is that? Is that one? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, flipping Spice Girls, mate. Um, I, I know my ladies. Yeah. Do you, you want a why... few more watts for Cotsimel, don't you? That's what you want, don't you? And yeah, you're doing everything you can girl. to get it. And I'll be Matty Wise 500 watts off the front. I, I did that 500 watt session. We'll, we'll uh, get into that later on in this uh, episode. But uh, first, mate, I load. I wrote a little uh, race report. It is um, about the S Grail. The S Grail, for people that don't know what it is, it's the World Championships of Gravel Triathlon race. Um, a race not supported yet by the PTO, but it's a it's a fairly big race. It's getting quite popular, and um, 
I've wrote a little race report, Jody. Go on then. Let's hear the race report. And I want to hear what the whole experience was like as well after that. I do you will... want to get, get, tell us the whole experience first before you tell us the race report. So what was it like leading up to it like uh, and everything? All right, for everyone that, that wants to know, it's more of a fun event. So it's just a, a swim, uh, swim, then gravel, then uh, uh, the run. How far is it? Like, I don't even know what distance it is. It's, like... only my, it's only my race report. Shall I do the race report first? All right, go on. We go on have the, race... the unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah, go on and go on the race report. Uh, especially because you actually like to listen to audiobooks. There's, so uh, well, that's because I can't the, read. I never, I never learned how to read. That's why. Exactly. <laughs> so it's Sunday, the twenty second of October. It's race day. S Grill is a unique travel in its kind. Fifteen hundred meter swim, eighty eight k gravel, and a ten point five k run. Also, the World Championships of Gravel Triathlon. Since do they the actually one. say that? Is that what they class themselves as? The World Championship Gravel. Race, no, but it's like... the only one in its kind, so it's it's also a world championships. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I use that uh, to my sponsors that don't know much about triathlon, and I can just uh, um, use a good result. Yeah, I know. Came you in fourth at world championships. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the alarm went off at 5 a.m. I got a coffee and made breakfast. I had a nut, Joe, in my, the pit of my stomach when I saw on Instagram that the S-Grill had a pro beer face-off the day before the race. And I wasn't in fighting. Why was that? Was what it because they... the day before? So, like, what, where did they meet up for this pro beer face-off then? So, normally you always have a, um, a uh, what do you call it, like a, a conference, press conference with the pros. Yeah. This press conference was basically a load of pros knocking down a beer. What, and it was a competition? It was a competition. I wasn't inviting, invited. Uh. Did they know that I'm up in the ranks when it comes down to a discipline like that? And I said to myself, Joe, focus. I need to focus because it's race morning. So the race from this Escrail, a 75-minute drive away from Girona at, at a beautiful city called Catechas. It's a small fishing town situated at sea. Um, and as I walked through transition, I checked in my mountain bike. And as I walk on to the transition area, I stumble into a Janice Ferdino. I look him into his eyes and I wish him a very cold alcohol-free beer at the finish. And Jen replied, you too, mate. You didn't say that to him, did you? I said that. What, you said uh, I'll have an alcohol-free beer with you at the uh, finish? No, I said I wish you a very cold alcohol-free beer at the finish. <laughs> but I'm going to have the I'm <laughs> gonna have the proper stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then... He said, um, where was I? Um, he said, you too, mate. And I was thinking in my head, what a rude thing to say to a lifestyle athlete. But he was just trying to get in my head. So I walked down to the seafront and there's a coffee stall reaching out. Proper coffee, mate. Like a cappuccino, espresso. Like you just. Uh... So I walked up as a proper Dutchie. Can I have nine double espressos, please? Whilst I was looking at my glucose sensor thinking, shoot, I need to check my levels. But... I was running out of time. I just had to hope for the best. And just to be sure, I grabbed two donuts that were also one star. Two they... donuts. Hey, the true mozzarella coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> but before I've put my wetsuit on at the race start, I quickly slapped my finger down my compression socks to felt it. And things were tighter than a duck's arse. And I was ready to go. So I pulled on my wetsuit. Quickly want to get in the water, not for a warm-up, but for a quick pee in my wetsuit, which felt like a warm handshake during a cold winter December. So we lined up at the swim start. I see some big hitters, mate. I see a Martin Van Riel. I see Janice Frodino, fresh as always. I see Carl Smith, but also professional cyclist Greg Van Avermaet. So, and what did you say to him? Try not to drown, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's rough. It's rough out there, Greg. Are you sure you want to swim? <laughs> it's rough. Exactly. So with 400 plus participants, we ran into the Mediterranean Sea. Absolute stunning swim. But before I hit the water, I made up my mind. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to do this running dive thing that I've seen these lads doing at Super League. Hold on. Do you not normally do the run and dive then where you like run, dive like, and then dive again kind of thing you never normally do that not not really like a little bit a little bit but not like not like this one um <laughs> after about one meter in my eyeball hit something salty 
I didn't know what it is at the time, so I swam another 20 meters to figure out that my goggles were massively leaking. Later on, figuring out that it was actually the malt that has eaten through uh, the seal. Oh, my God. Yours must be like... Um, they they could probably uh, like some kind of like animal or insect could probably survive on them, couldn't they? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I had to stop swimming, readjust the goggles, and just made the decision to have to let the lead kayak go. After a wild twenty something, twenty one minute swim, I left the water. Janice was already waiting with a coffee on shore. He clocked eighteen minutes, so I lost three minutes in a one point five k swim. And how hard were you swimming? um steady i may oh i forgot to say that that wetsuit that i had last year holy i have grown a little like i'm not sure if i've just got wider arms or something but i felt like a like a um uh, uh, like i was wearing a corset really yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um also going back to that swim like did those guys like drill it or were they just swimming steady like because you because obviously stopped in transition having a coffee you said like so for myself for my self-confidence they were drilling it yeah um i would say they were still swimming steady yeah and then how many of them were ahead of you like what kind of position Um, i came out of the water i had checked it i i don't remember i think i think it was something like 15th or something oh pretty high up then yeah pretty high up it's not bad yeah (laughs) But um, so Janice was waiting on shore with a cup of coffee. He clocked 80 minutes and he remembered Eskrill is not a race. It's a fun event. And thus with all the pros, I like that, by the way, that all the pros waited for me as well on T1. You know, we should do that every Ironman. <laughs> and thus we waited for a surviving Greg van Avermaet in what, T1. What was the plan just to wait until he got out or were you waiting yeah, for a second? Yeah, I think it was Janice's plan. And then Carl was just is with he- is Greg like uh, friends with Jan? So Jan probably talked I him into doing it. I think they are. Yeah, I'm not like sure. That. I think they are. Yeah. All right. So yeah. he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we'll wait for you after the swim, and then we'll just smash it on the bike and have a bit of fun." Basically. No, I didn't even think they uh, at that time agreed upon smashing on the bike, but we'll get under to that later on. So a Martin Van Riel, seventy point three world record holder. He couldn't. He couldn't wait, mate. After about well, he three left minutes, you. he said. I want a head start, and he left us. I would say a Morton move, the first Morton move of the day. Then, finally, he was there, Greggy, Olympic gold medalist in cycling and also the winner of Paris-Roubaix. We waited. He's not won Paris-Roubaix. He won Paris-Roubaix. No, hasn't he won? Like I don't think he's won Paris-Roubaix. Well, I think he did. I think He, he might did. have won Flanders, but I don't think he's won Paris-Roubaix. Paris-Roubaix, the-, uh, the 9th of April... Uh, let me see. Um, I don't even know if he's won Flanders before. Yeah, he won Perry Roubaix. Did he? When did he win yes. Perry Roubaix? Um, in 2017. All right. Yeah. Learn something every day, don't you? Then learning something every day. So the winner of Perry Roubaix is there. We hop on our bikes for a 300 meter easy start which slowly went into an immediately smash fast. So the 88k gravel ride starts immediately uphill. And I was riding about 450 to 500 watts to try and steal on Jan and Greg's wheel. And Greg was slowly riding away, whilst I could say a fading Jan. And I'm trying to act like the lactate was not getting to me. So I asked Jan, hey, mate, how was your camping trip? Because I was see it went out with a camper van. As we were talking about camping, Greg's gone, mate. Greg was gone. How far did he pull away from you on that? I don't know. It was like a corner. And he was just gone. He was just tr- slowly, steadily riding away. What would happen if, like, say I got out to swim and I'm in this race and I'm like, fuck it. They're all waiting for everyone else. I'm just going to, like, do one. You know, like Martin, but I didn't even wait three minutes. Say, so, like, I just got my shit together and just, like, started nailing it. What Would that be classed as, like, bad sportsmanship or would that be, like, Yeah, fair it would enough, be classed you know? as, um, as uh, sad. Like, pros are not racing this race or something like that. What about if I said, fuck it, I said, what about if I said, it's a race and I'm here to race, you know? Well, like... if, that, if that's your, if you're, if that's your, you can do whatever you want. It's a fun race, mate. You can do whatever you want. But I would struggle not to race if I'm in a race. Like, you exactly. Know, that's what I'm so that's for, why they like... call it a fun event. Anyway, yeah, like Greggy was gone. <laughs> I rode up to Carl Smith and we decided to keep it fun because this was not a race. After the first climb, big climb, there was a descent made. And soon we passed a Martin Van Riel and a Greg Van Avermaet, who both massively punctured. For a second, Carl and I were contemplating our thoughts about helping them. But hey, 
the event is a fun race and changing a flat tire isn't fun. So we cracked on. After about <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I fucking ate for a fix and flat tires. It's exactly. definitely not fun. <laughs> exactly. So about 45 Ks in, we were with a bunch of age groupers, about 25, and we were uh, pulling them along on a nice steady ride. And then there was an aid station coming up. The age groupers in our pack were begging for a refill. Can we please stop? Can we stop? We want a quick refill. Carl said, no worries, lads. It's a fun event. We'll stop for a bit. So we we're standing, again, going to the toilet. Was more coffee there. Morton gels, not a lot, because I think they were scared a lot of people would uh, stack up. Uh, but also donuts, you name it. As we were hanging out in the aid station, and I was loading myself up with some Morton Dales. You could see a raging bull coming up, mate. Flipping Greg Van Avermaet makes a massive Morton move and attacked at the aid station. When so you we... say attacked, did he just carry on riding through or did he actually yes, put in a bit that, of a dig? That is so uncool in gravel. Like, you can't do that in gravel. If you do that, if so if you're in front of a gravel race and yeah. you just pull up and, and uh, um, you, uh, that's uncool. Flipping uncool. Anyway. We jump on our bikes and we chase a chasing Greg van Avermaet. It's about 10 minutes of carnage. We're chasing him up. Finally, I've caught Greg's wheel. We're still with about 20 other lads. As I'm looking down at my bike computer, I can, tell, I can only see numbers between 270 and 370. Every corner is a sprint, mate. This fun event changed into a crit race, but Greg, Greg didn't give a fuck. Greg has got another flat tire. And I at that another time, one. Yes, see you later, mate. <laughs> I decided to help him. Carl, Carl cracked on. Martin move, in my opinion. Anyway, Greg and I caught up again. With about 80k left, we were the front group of five, and I'm off the front, racing through a little city center. Then I need to make a decisive move at a questionable point. Sadly, made the wrong one. I and four lads who were still in that group took a left. Greggy turned right, rode away, another Morton move. What, so you went the wrong yeah. way and he went the right way? Yeah, because there was an arrow on the road that said left, but the bike computer said right. So I thought like, oh, shoot, I'll just follow the markings on the road. But uh, it was something else, maybe from something previous, not from the scrail race. Oh, that's annoying. So Greggy cracked on. Um, we just rode it steady to T2, changed my whole quick. We had a beer in T2, another coffee. A cookie, waited for seven minutes for some other guys, and then uh, we ran off. And um, Grim Run, mate, Grim Run. This is, by the way, where my uh, story ended. I didn't have time at the airport anymore to write the last bit. But the the 10.5K run is basically a run from the one side of Els Angels up the other side into Girona. So it's basically 5K uphill, 5K downhill. Pretty grim run. Um, yeah, ran it steady. Whereabouts in Girona does it finish? uh la comuna all right is and, it uh, actually um off road that run sorry yeah it's all trail it's all trail you know when you got into t2 were you um what kind of position were you we would you have been in if you hadn't have taken that turn i could have been so when we were with greg and all the others we were like basically uh, in first position because there was one age group after the swim he started flipping drilling it he had these compression socks he had an arrow helmet he had tt bars i think he was the only only triathlete with a TT bar on his gravel bike and he was flipping drilling it all day. So we caught him up with about 15 Ks to go. And then with, I think eight Ks to go, I made a, a wrong move. And then we were all in that group. Then this age group started to drill it again. And Carl was just fading because he just came from his off season. So we rode it easy back to T2. You and in T2, it, I, in T2, I've waited for like seven minutes or something. Were well, uh, you not tempted was... to just like fucking smash it straight out of T2? Cause you could have won that. Yeah, it's uncool. Why is it uncool? I don't know. Winning's cool. I don't know. Yeah, but a lot of people, a lot of people were like, I, I, I thought about it. I thought for uh, one second, like, is this going to be my first win? Yeah, if I'd have got into T2 and I was like in the mix for the win, I'd have been like, fuck this, I'm all in now. Like, let's go. Yeah, I still, I still like every discipline in itself, I took pretty seriously. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the honor is on Greg. It was pretty funny, though, because all the Belgium uh, uh, cycling websites and Dutch cycling websites, it was like, uh, Greg van Avermaet wins his first major race and did uh, he win it? First triathlon, yeah, he won it. Yeah, uh, wins his first triathlon, but he he still he ran fairly decent. And to be honest, his bike mate, he was an absolute flipping animal on the bike. I think he was averaged he... something like three hundred and forty-five watts for the bike split. Was he on a gravel bike? Yeah, yeah. You were at a disadvantage of being on a mountain bike, weren't you? 
Yeah, but still, he um, he is a flipping beast. He's quite impressive. But he, he just this was still his professional year of cycling, didn't he? Right, the tour this year. On um, the run, did Greg get into transition then? And he must have thought, "Fuck it, I'm I'm all in now." He I'm was boom, boom, shoes on, gone. Yeah, he. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think he took it the Enfredino way. Way. Yeah. Yeah, I think once I got into T two, I'd have been like, right, I'm uh, like, especially if I was in the mix, I'd have been like, let's have it. I'm I'm all in now. Like to be honest, yeah. I think I'd have done it from the start. I think I'd. If everyone was waiting after the swim, I would have been like thinking, fuck, I can't do this. Like everyone's just like taken off. Like I need to go. I need to go. But to, be, to be honest, it is, it is fun though how you can make it if you were all wait in transition and uh, go with a little bit of a chain gang on gravel. Um, yeah, I would have been up for having the chain gang, definitely. But um, yeah, I would have been like cracking like when I saw all these people taken off and I'm waiting there thinking, God, like we're never going to catch them. You know, like, you know, I would be well up for having the chain gang. But then say if I did that and then I was like, when you caught people and you're like, what position we're in there? Like, oh, we're in the lead group. Then I'd have been like, oh, yes, right. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, but also, if you think about it, Colin Chaché won this race before. I don't want to be in that list. <laughs> <laughs> Did Colin win it before? Yeah, Colin Chaché. He Chauche won Esquire. Yeah, last year or the year before. Oh, you know. Pays, mate. Pay. <laughs> Did he yeah, have to return I... his prize money? <laughs> no, but uh, but uh, props to uh, to Greg. He uh, he had a solid uh, solid race. Um. Anyway, yeah, it was all a bit uh, it's a, it's satire, isn't it? But it was a really cool event. It was a really cool event, and I would I would probably do it again last year. Uh, next I year, I would next love year. to do it. I would love yeah. to do that race. Like if it and uh, the atmosphere fast. is great. It's all very chilled. Um, it's a it's Girona is beautiful. There's really good coffee and burritos at the finish, and um, sadly, uh, uh, there isn't really a um, an alcoholic beverage, which I would like after a race, and which would normally suit a, a gravel race. But um, um, they were they were they had lemonade. They had. Uh, so it was wild. People are just cool. a bit too serious nowadays, aren't they? Like, I mean, it's Sorry? like that people are just a bit too serious, aren't they? Nowadays, I mean, it's like it's the end of season. It's a bit of a mess around. Why has everyone got to drink alcohol-free beer? I mean, like you could have it there as well, but like, I mean, come on, like yeah. And if you if you don't like alcohol, you don't have to drink it. But for everyone that like does a, like a proper beer, it's all right to have a proper. And it beer never and it never tastes the same, does it? Alcohol-free beer. Like it's never as good as a proper. I, you, like, I nice don't. Call, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't understand why they are allowed to call it a beer because you would also not call uh, a pressed grapes wine, would you? No grape that's juice. True. Yeah, you can't call grape juice wine, can you? That's so true. Yeah, and why is the alcohol bad for anyway? I mean, God, if you're only having one or two, it's not like you're going on a bender and having twenty beers, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it helps what's, the, what's the big deal? It's a recovery. Yeah. Exactly. Apparently, trash. like even Guinness is like high in iron. It's good for you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> we should be we should be sponsors or uh, getting sponsored by one of these. Get a we Guinness do a high in iron. Nutrition. <laughs> There's also magnesium in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Electrolytes. Yeah, and if you take twelve, it helps you put yourself asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great for sleep, and if you have it in transition, you can replenish your electrolytes. <laughs> yes. But uh, what do you think of the of the race report? If you listen to it like this, would, would this have suited you, this race? Yeah, I would be well up for doing it. Like, definitely. It's just if it clashes with another race. But I don't think it will next year because after, I think Kona will be my last race next year. Yeah, so I would perfect, definitely man. be, I'll definitely be up for doing it. Yeah, that's uh, that's perfect then. Um, so that was the Ascrail. Yeah, it was a real cool event. It was a real cool event. Um. We can talk now about two different subjects, Jody. One is the new Ironman tour, uh, um, the new Ironman tour, or we can talk uh, and and I think it shouldn't be an or. Uh, um, there has been a, a clash in, uh, in in triathlon with uh, pointing fingers and an investigation around Sam Laidlaw. Yeah, what do you want to go for first? What what's uh, what do you want to go for first? Go for the Ironman one first, shall we? All right, let's get it. What, what do you think about the new Ironman series? Like for those uh, that don't first, know, first, uh, let's let's explain to the people um, what it is for professionals. Yeah, so the Ironman Pro Series it consists of your best five events over the half distance and full distance, but you can only use three full distances to count, and you get double the amount of points in a full distance. So for a full distance win, you get five thousand points. 
and then you get 6,000 at the World Championship, so in Kona. And for a half distance, you get 2,500 points and 3,000 at That's already too technical. Uh, basically, so it's technical. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a list of races for professionals with a, a bonus pool and a ranking. And if you, for example, do an X amount of them races really well and you rank really well, really high, then you get another bonus, just like the PTO. And you need to do three Ironmans if you want to win it, basically. Yeah. Like three it's impossible Ironmans. to win it without doing three Ironmans. Yeah. So you so need some, to some Ironman events next year are part of the PTO Tour and some are not. Uh, it's not PTO Tour of the Ironman Tour and some 18 are not. Of, there's 18 events you can pick from. 18 apparently. events. And this will massively suit our Jody because he's an Ironman athlete and he doesn't like the 280-18 kind of uh, principal 100K races from uh, the PTO. As much as he likes the PTO and their big prize purse, um, they're all very kind, great media, but um, it just doesn't suit, um, suit you. The, the, the 100K, mate, is a swim, blow, dry and run, basically, isn't it? You know, yeah. you get wet, the bike's just about long enough to dry you and then you have a run. That's basically yeah. what it is. Whereas an Ironman is, I think, the pinnacle long distance sport. Like that yeah. is the hardest yeah. one day endurance event in the world, really, isn't it? Like it is. what name yeah. me a harder one day endurance event other than an Ironman, you know, it's uh, extreme. And that's why I think like people love watching it when you get Kona and you get like the world champs, everyone wants to know who's going to win the Ironman world champs. And that, that's why me and you both got into the sport, wasn't it? Cause we wanted exactly. to do an Ironman, didn't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if yeah, I if I would have seen, for example, people swim to eighty and eighteen, I would have thought like, hmm, is all right. Yeah, it doesn't really inspire me. Exactly. But I think the reason it inspires <laughs> you with an Ironman is no, because uh, yeah, it's you Man, question, yeah. you wonder if you can complete it when you see it, don't you? Because it seems so extreme. You kind yeah. of think like, can I complete that? Whereas if you'd have seen the two eighty and eighteen, you'd have known. Oh yeah, I can definitely do that. Like with a bit of training. I, I get it for. Um, TV uh, and media coverage that it's 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 easier to um, to keep people's attention span for a, a PTO uh, kind of thing instead of an Ironman. Not a lot. You need to be a real fan of the sport to be able to watch eight hours of a race. Yeah, but um, you wouldn't really show like the eight hours, would you? You just start showing it with three hours to go. Yeah, and have yeah, like thirty minutes for an hour. The first hour could be like highlights of how the race has panned out, yeah. and then you just show the last two hours. You know, yeah. you could do it like that. It would be quite good. Um, yeah. But yeah, this this series suits me. So I'm well shaft. And it's, if you win the overall se- series, I think you get $200,000. And then it goes down to top 10, it gets a bit lower. And then from 10th to 40th, it might be 5,000 or something like that. But basically, Would you already want to give people a sneak peek in your race schedule for next year then? Yeah, yeah. So next year, I'm looking at doing Oceanside in April, start the season off. And that's the first race in this Ironman Pro Series. So what 70.3, I think right? 70.3, yeah. And then three weeks after that, Ironman Texas, which is the first Ironman event in this uh, in this series. And I think what you'll get is a lot of the people that are going for this series will probably turn up to both these races. Yeah. So by that point, you'll know who's going to be going for it and who's in with a chance because basically you need to nail every race. But the, the beauty of this is it isn't done by position. It's done by how close you are to the win. So for every second you're behind, you lose one point. So it doesn't matter. In theory, you could do a half Ironman or an Ironman and you could finish second and three minutes behind. But you'd get more points if you finish 20th and two minutes 59 behind. So mm-hmm. it just it, you have to go full pelt basically and TT it. So like even if you're behind and you're not in a good position, you it pays off to keep going as hard as you can because every second you're losing a point. And it's probably going to come down because the way they've done the points, pretty close by the end of the year. You know, it's going to come down where... So someone needs to beat someone by a minute and 20 seconds to win the overall series. And it could be very exciting by the time you get to Kona, because I think Kona is the last race. No, actually, it's not the last race of the series. It's the last Ironman of the series, and there's a few 70.3s, finishing with 70.3 Worlds. Um, so it could come down to 70.3 Worlds, where the, the decider of the um, series is, uh, is, is made. But yeah, it looks good. Extra prize money, a good series. So I think like a lot of people that like the Ironman distance... They're going to go for it and it gives something a bit different. You know, we've got the PTO series that goes for people that want to do the 100K race uh, series. And then you've got like Ironman now doing this series. And also it's good that you know the events, whereas with the PTO series, which is supposed to be happening, no one knows any of the events that are out there. So it's not actually 100% as to whether or not the series is going ahead for them. Because, I mm-hmm. mean, I think they've 
listed that they've got one in Ibiza next year in September, yeah. but I've not heard of any other ones. I don't know if there is. There probably is, but like... Another good um, um, development, what I saw today, is that you are racing with a race ranger in uh, Florida. Yeah, that is good. But um, the one, like, but I, I generally find now, though, that in America, a lot of the athletes generally seem to keep a decent distance. You know, like, I mean, you've done a few races in America. I don't really mm-hmm. feel like there's that big a problem with drafting there. That's why I like racing over there. I feel like everyone races fairly fair and the marshals are so strict anyway that you don't normally have to worry about it, but it is good. At, le- at least it shows you how close you can get. So it kind of makes it, you know, I've used the race ranger before and it, it like really good indicator of how close yeah. you can get. So, you know, um, and obviously the referees know then whether or not someone's actually taken a piss. Um, but the mo- motos is the main thing, isn't it? They need to put a race ranger on a moto or something, you know, and have it so they the motor driver knows that he's got to be 50 meters ahead or something like that, you know, because that's generally the worst thing, especially when you get these races with media coverage is is yeah. that, you know, like it's not necessarily the athletes t- drafting each other so bad. It's more the interference from like the media vehicles. That's what yeah. I find anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. True, true. It's already next week, so you're traveling out on Tuesday. Which uh, next podcast next week uh, we'll talk about so the one before the race about the um, the start list and uh, and all that probably then. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that then. And last race of the year. So, So, uh, um, I just want to say I'm doing a beer mile as well after it. So if anyone is out in Florida and they fancy getting stuck in, taking us on, we they can do it. You know, a a podcast uh, in an Australian one. Yeah, the Coan something. The yeah, Aries. like they reckon that we haven't got a chance at beating them in Cairns if we do it. Like if we're there for the beer mile, like you're not 100 percent sure as to whether or not you're racing because the gravel I, race what I Kenya. think is them Aussies forget that it's not only about drinking. Does he also need to run quite yeah. a decent amount? I, I, and, um, <laughs> they always just think about drinking, ain't they? Like oh, we, we, I, what, what do what do they always say? What do they always say again? Um, Frothy. Having a little fruffy. Yeah. Um, yes, it's not just a fruffy. It's a little fruffy and uh, a decent run. So, a, um, out of all the beer miles I've done, the fastest runner in it, you know, like the person that's led after the yeah. first beer and run has only won once. And that was Will Clark in, in Nice. But then you've got to have an asterisk next to his name, like you said, because he didn't do the Ironman, did he? He didn't but, do the like, Ironman, and he like there's so many scandals in there, like opening up the cans the night before and filling up with electrolytes. <laughs> so you... no. Because one of the grim things is is having your body to be able to handle the uh, what's it called, like the, 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 the gas, the, the gas, exactly, the gas in the bottle. Because that's you, you have you ever had a bottle of Coke, open it up and put some Mentos in there or, or yeah. uh, shake yeah. the bottle and open it up right then. That's what happens uh, with the beer mile. And also, uh, not trying to scare any women that wanted to participate as well. Um, yeah, runners are gross. <laughs> um, also, I saw this, uh, this uh, Travel Mockery beer mile, which was been hosted by other people at the Ironman Cascas Portugal. Did you see in that video, this guy? Was he? Yes. Well, he was wretched. He was video? he was wretching. I saw one, but I didn't see him wretch it. Wretching. He didn't throw up though, did he? Oh, mate, massively. Like it really? was. I didn't uh, see he this was like one. a fireman. Oh right, bloody hell! Someone told me they were there watching it, and they said it was embarrassing. People sipping their beers on the first one. He said sipping, <laughs> sipping it on the first one. <laughs> you know, like what you do. You know what you do with like a fine wine if you were like. Tested, yeah. you know, tasting it or whatever. <laughs> they were like that on their first beer. <laughs> I, I know the sipping though. The sipper made me laugh because normally by the time I get to the third or fourth beer, I'm struggling to get it down and I'm just sipping it like as quick as I can because I've got no fighting spirit left in me, you know. I'm like a fat person no, that's been defeated one, by the donuts. What, what I also find technical doping, um, well, you can say it. Um, some people can open up their uh, the, the valve, the throat. The, throat, the throat, yeah, and then you can just baby basically chuck it down. Well, you don't even chuck it down; it's basically just um, a throwing water in the in the sink. How um, do you do that? I don't know. I can't do that as well. I can just quickly, uh, like, real quick. Yeah, like I can't. I can't. Like that. Do that's that. the skill. That's the skill. But just opening up the valve and then. Uh, yeah, it's, do you um, think you know that Corey Belmore, the one who's got the world record, yeah, he's he trained can, the line uh, he, 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 he yeah. must be able to do that then, 100%, surely. Hundred percent. Because yeah, yeah. you can't do it if you really want to be 
flipping awesome Mate, at BMI. I had, I had um, people at the Fred back in the days when we were, um, we had uh, these Estafetis uh, where we had to down two liters. So uh, these carafes of two liters, and they could literally do that in under 10 seconds. It was just basically throwing, throwing beer in the sink. Just, ooh, because That's like opened. four pints in 10 yeah. seconds. Jesus. Yeah. They must have felt horrific after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, if you uh, if you chuck it down, um, you create more foam because it, there's more movement in the beer. Oh, really? And if, and if you just so like throw it in the sink like they do, then it gets untouched. And then, so there's and levels to this then. There's, there's levels, levels to, this to the game, game mate. There's level to this game, levels to the game. Watch yeah. out, guys in Florida. I'm getting all the tech t- uh, tips now. Like I'm gonna be, yeah. uh, I'm gonna be like a BMR. <laughs> These are all the technical tips. But you can practice on the bike when you run uh, with an electrolyte tap and water. Just try and if you do like a, a swift session, just try and open that valve and spray it in there, and see how you get on. <laughs> get dirty. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, um, go over to this uh, this thing. Do you remember again what happened? So it was between Sam Laidlow and a load of Frenchies and some uh, Americans uh, that have got a French background? Basically, Laidlow got hold of some allegations that uh, Rudy Von Berg's dad, uh, Rodolf, um, had sent to someone. Like, I don't know like if someone forwarded it to him or I guess someone forwarded him to him something. And um, he's posted up like... Uh, a list of allegations that have been said about him from various other people. And in this post, what he did on Instagram, he's kind of said, you won't take this away from me. And they're like about his world championships. And then he's listed a a load of people that he sees were his friends that have gone behind his back and said stuff to the ITA. And he said that he's under investigation by the ITA and that he's never taken a two. He's never, taken hormones, steroids, performance enhancing drugs. He's clean. And uh, the race was like, you know, his, it was a fair result, he said. And, that uh, you know, these people are making stuff up about him. That's the general gist of it. Yeah. So ITA is the uh, International Testing Agency. Just another agency, very different again than WADA. And uh, um, so basically there are, there were, um, or are accusations, and there is an ongoing investigations. Uh, investigation. He's saying that they, um, um, that he's hundred percent clean, and he's facing it, and uh, going against all the uh, accusations. What did you think when you? Um... To be honest, he has deleted it now, but I thought it was crazy that he posted it up because if if you're clean and like you're saying, why would you tell everyone that you're under investigation from the ITA? I mean. I don't even know if that's a normal thing, like if that happens to many to people often or not. But like now he's basically said, I'm the center of a doping investigation. Whereas if he did, they did the investigation and they found out that he was clean, no one would have even known. It would have all been, you know, dealt with and that would have been the end of it. Whereas like, I don't yeah. see why you would tell everyone that there's an investigation going on about you. Because now it, it almost... actually even, because before it were more like, suggestions allegations not that not saying that now that it's true that he's been using but he's created some sort of shadow over his own charisma saying i'm under investigation which makes a lot more people doubt yeah. him well, necessary yeah. or unnecessary you know that's that's not up to anyone but um well yes, yeah because you could kind of look at it and you could think well if he does get found innocent or whatever not whatever you call it you could be like oh did, did was there a loophole did he get out because of that or was it genuine? Whereas, like, if he didn't say anything, no one would have known. It would have all been dealt with. And I don't see what positive well, you would gain from I, telling everyone. I did about hear it. that there are a lot more athletes. I was kind of surprised by this. A lot more professional athletes that also take other uh, um, supplements that are that are not on the list. They'll be on the list next year. Um, um, it's like an extreme painkiller. Um, what was it again? Tramadol. Tramadol, Tramadol, Tramadol. That's like what they used to take in cycling. Yeah, I know. Was it Tramadol? I quickly have a little. Look. Tramadol is getting banned next year. I yeah, all right. Then it was up. Tramadol. Then it was Tramadol. But then Tramadol makes you really drowsy and uh, feel asleep. In order to not get drowsy, they'll take something like eight hundred milligrams of caffeine at the start. Yeah, that that's that was what the cyclists said they were doing in the classics years ago in a finish yeah. bottle because they reckon that Tramadol was a big cause of a lot of crashes. 
yes. in cycling because people were taking it late into a classic and they were like yeah. to mask the pain. But then because they're like, um, they, they got drowsy, they'd end up causing crashes. So then to get counter that, they'd put a shitload of caffeine in and the caffeine got you wired and concentrating hard. The tramadol took the pain away. And they reckon that was what they were getting in like bottles towards like, you know, the last 90 minutes or hour of a classic yeah. when it's like full pelt, you know. But they've banned that in cycling because there was a thing, wasn't there, this year or the year before where Nairo Quintana tested positive for Tramadol, but Tramadol's not banned by WADA, but cycling had put a ban on it. So then they took away one of his victories or something. Yeah. Um, and it was like quite controversial because uh, he's not broken a WADA rule, but the UCI had already banned it early. So, yeah. But it's getting banned in triathlon as well. But I yeah, find it's banned it in all sports. That they, uh, that, that they just like, ooh. What, so you heard that people were taking that? Like, yeah, like yeah, a... like uh, tramadol with races and then 800 milligrams of caffeine to balance it out. And, and who else knows what the fuck they're, they're, they're even taking. And if I get a question, what do you take? Then I, would, I, I could say um, a paracetamol when I'm sick. <laughs> fucking hell all these hidden gains that we're missing out on i thought like yes. he was taking a haribo or a snickers when you were fucked like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah who knows but anyway it is um going just look back at the to... eyes if the eyes look bloodshot and they don't know what way's left and right what then I you find... know they're on on it what i find uh, uh um what i'm curious and and this is all speculation and guesswork obviously but um, there won't be an investigation out of the blue on your doorstep by the ITA. So there are so there are always like they wouldn't start an investigation on on anyone just out of the blue, especially because I heard there are like involved a lot of athletes um, for a questionnaire. So you could ask like why is this happening to me or why is this happening? And uh, um, yeah, I find that yeah quite totally. I mean, to be honest, we both might as well say it. Like, there's a lot of rumors that have been going around for a while aren't they and at the yeah. moment all they are is rumors and i think that's one of the reasons it why. could also be hate you know people not not really uh um exactly like you have no, we have no idea whether or not they're true or false like that's literally all it is yeah. you know you hear all this stuff and you think like i've i mean we've not seen any evidence to suggest that it's true or f false you know we literally just mm -hmm. hear rumors so then when it came out i like even commented on there and said like asked him like has he had a two for any what is a two to UE? A therapeutic use exemption. So basically, yeah. if you've got like a medical reason to have something, I don't know, say you get COVID and you've got really bad like COPD, you might yeah. have like a corticosteroid to help you like breathe. There stuff. are, by the way, a load, a shit load of professional athletes, um, 100% healthy. They have got a shit load of twos, you know, use these asthma sprays and all that. There are a lot yeah, of professional athletes. Exactly. You can so see I before thought... the races, sneaky, huffing and puffing like uh, Chris Froome uh, with these uh, these inhalers, these spray inhalers. That's a sal, sal butamol yeah. one, that isn't. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, um, yeah, so, and there's like a lot of evidence that say like some of these corticosteroids that people get are massively performance enhancing. So obviously, like when you've heard some rumors, then I asked the question, like, have you taken any? And, uh, you know, that because I thought, you know, he's trying to be transparent. He says like, he's like, Want, he wants to prove that he's clean and all this. So I asked the question. He said that he hadn't taken any, which I think is fair enough. You know, like that's what he said. But I, I got, I saw on there like people kicking off because I asked the question and they're saying you should have done it privately. Which okay, some people could say that, and some people kicking off completely that you would even ask it. But I think he's just named that he's in a dope investigation. I think it's and he and he wants to be clean. He wants to be transparent. So I don't see the problem in asking the question. Like I've just asked it. He's mm -hmm. answered it and said, no, I've never had a two for that, which I think is absolutely fine. He's kind of said, no, it shows there that he hasn't had it. And I think that there was nothing wrong with you. Know, I don't think there's anything wrong to ask the question. You know, if someone asked me, have you had a two for anything? I would say no, you know, like I haven't. And that's not to say that having it, that if you have had a two, that should be, you know, that frowned upon. Yeah. You know, I just think it's abuse of the system where if someone is having well, I do know a two for every race that they that do not, in the year. It's not the Sam, the, just Sam Laidlow, but there's a, a whole, oh. I think there are a whole lot more who are getting investigated. Um, is there? Or, what, that's what you've heard? Well, not, not, it's, it's not just like, a, not just saying triathlon, but there are like more links to the chain that are under investigation, um, like a, a doping ring or something. So... Either it could be that there is coming out maybe next year, maybe the year after, uh, you never know, uh, like a massive scandal, or it will all die down 
never happened uh, and and it's all just like uh, uh, allegations that's that's yeah. something that we can see coming up in the coming months and i think the thing is with these twos as well just going back to them is a lot of people abuse the system don't they you know when they yeah. try and get them pres- prescribed i think a lot when i mean you see about it in other sports like um but you know that is what it is the post has been deleted now it's been taken down and like you say who knows what will come out in the next coming months maybe something will come of it maybe nothing will but like at the moment i've just heard rumors you've just heard rumors and we've just seen that on instagram which makes it like i mean it was like pretty when we saw it it was like we were like flipping egg as if this is coming out you know this is quite like i find it crazy i was like yeah what's next Yeah. yeah 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 well anyway um will be continued this was the instagram post of the week um uh, because it was posted on instagram jody we've got an instagram post of the week you know we just uh, we just talked about it anyway bullshit buster so yesterday i was riding on zwifty riding along and i was talking about little doing a little interval session so thinking about this guy this professional athlete that wanted to do wanted to train like Michael Phelps, right like uh, Philip Ghana and uh, Ron like Mo Farah. I took a little inspiration from his session and I thought like, I want to get a 500 watt FTP. So I did this some sort of 500 watt workout session with an overreading power meter. But it was basically three sets of 15 seconds on, 15 seconds off, 20 times through. So it's three sets of 10 minutes VO2 max. Um, uh, but the VO2 max in the end is only like three by five minutes. Um, but it's very intense. So you, uh, um, at the 15 seconds, you just ride really hard. I think, it, I mean, yeah, I couldn't even hit the 500 Watts. I was at 490 or 500, but not 520 it was a bit, uh, too much. Uh, but yeah, you need to hit uh, anaerobic mate, because that's, uh, that was my goal of the session. And then the rest was just like, uh, uh easy, like 200 Watts. Anyway, so three by 10 minutes, five minute rest in between. And afterwards, so I posted this up on a triathlon mockery and someone was like, whoa, VO2 max. Aren't you training for Ironman Cozumel? You shouldn't be training like that. And his name was uh, Coach. So I'll just that was it. his name. His name was Coach. There was also Coach in his name. So I said, <laughs> I was like, um, that's a myth, Coach. Um and basically his general suggestion was if you're training for an Ironman, you shouldn't train VO2 max because you're not using VO2 max in an Ironman. And I said, to, I got in a little discussion. I said, mate, I'll just discuss this on the podcast because this is a myth. It's a bullshit buster. I think that's bullshit as well. Like it, like if it depends what you want to work on, doesn't it? But if you want to improve your threshold, then you need to be doing some VO2 max and threshold and above threshold stuff, don't you? Because like, you you need to work them systems and like if you're say threshold's terrible then you can't expect to hold a good ironman power because you need to have the high threshold so you can hold 80 85 percent or you know whatever something like that for the ironman distance it's like the saying goes you can turn the miler into the marathoner but you can't turn the marathoner into the miler you know if you if mm-hmm. your four minute whatever your four minute power is your 10 minute power is going to be lower your 20 minute power is going to be lower than that and so on your hour power is going to be even lower and then your Ironman power is going to be even lower. So if you've got a rubbish threshold, you can't expect to hold good power for the Ironman unless you improve your threshold and you want it to improve your threshold, don't you? And work, and what I've found that. is, um, so obviously you need to mix it up, VO2 max, threshold and tempo. But I've found that doing quite some VO2 max work, is it's for me easy to recover um, uh, on other sessions. Like I just get way stronger. And it's way easier to have a high aerobic uh, uh, sustained power. So, for example, if I'm, uh, uh, I remember last year when we were doing chain gangs and all that. Um, my, if I was going on an easy ride, well, obviously we we're not like the Terminator, but still you're riding pretty. If you're riding steady, you're riding 220 to 250 watts. You know that was like aerobic, uh, 250. Yeah, I, uh, find I just think that... it, it made me a way more complete cyclist and also way stronger on the bike. And I think a lot of people that do Ironman uh, sessions, Ironman power for long periods of time, from what I've yeah. seen over years of doing the sport is they detrain themselves over yeah. a period. Their thresholds get lower. Their result is their Ironman power gets lower and lower over time. And they actually become a lot worse uh, athletes. And what I've found is the higher my threshold is generally, 
the higher my Ironman power is. And there's a very big correlation, you know, like when my threshold power is better, my Ironman power is better. When my threshold's crap, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter. And like you said as well, another big thing is like the amount, if you're doing these Ironman paced efforts, I don't think you actually gain a mass amount of fitness, but it tires you out so much. Oh, and you have this long crazy. lingering fatigue. I'd rather do yeah. 20 minutes of VO2 max than two by an hour at Ironman pace. Yeah, totally. And I find the session so much more fun doing like yeah. the thresholds and VO2 max, whereas like our efforts, if you like doing, I saw some people post up like three by an hour at Ironman effort. I think that's going to take a lot out of you. I don't think it's going to get you uh, much fitness for what you for the amount of effort and like stress that you're putting in um and you're gonna theoretically just... you should be able to do eight by an hour at ironman pace if you're fresh because you're not running off the bike so technically you should be able to do eight by one hour so it should be so damn easy yeah um whereas if you're doing longer efforts i would rather ride at like just under 70.3 pace if you're targeting like at least 15 to 20 watts above ironman power because if you're able to say sustain that, for example, for if you build it up two by 45 minutes, two by 40 minutes, then you know that you're able to hold 20 watts less for a longer period of time. Whereas I see always a lot of people that would do two by an hour at Ironman pace and then in an Ironman race, they wouldn't even ride that power. And I think I it's just that. because they're too weak. Yeah. The only time I ever do Ironman pace is probably last two weeks before the race. And I might do one session where I do like an hour or, you know, two, two, two hours or something, you know. But that's mm -hmm. just to get a feel for where I think I'm at, not for the fitness. It's just to get a feeling of what I reckon I can hold. But that's the only time I would do it. And otherwise, I just find it just takes too much out of you, out of you and doesn't gain you any extra fitness, just adds lingering fatigue that, mm -hmm. you know, it's just pointless. You know, it's just going to affect you for the swimming, the running. You know, we've got all, we're doing all them sports. I mean, yeah. you're best just doing like, I think if you really want to get fit on the bike, you want to enter some bike races and time trials. Because I remember when I made the biggest improvements, uh, so for my uh, uh, cycling skills, so first was was the winter before New Zealand, and we were doing a VO2 max session every week, so once every week, for three-week block, then one week easy. Uh, but then at the race, I had a cracking 70.3 power, but I could see my Ironman power was not as high as what I suspected. So I remember in one account at 320 watts average and 330 normalized for the half. But then for the full, I had only 272 watts. So I was thinking like, oh, it's not as good as. But after that race, I started to do like more tempo efforts. So efforts at like 300, 310 watts for longer periods of time. And that got me really strong because last year, then I rode 310, uh, 300 watts. What was it? 298 or 302 at Almere. So the mix between the VO2 max and tempo, for me, that is key. That's key for me as well, actually. Yeah. Not do, just doing the VO2 and not just doing the tempo. If I mix yeah. it up and do one of each, that's what, that is like what works like really well. And them sessions that we were doing that you listed, they were the Sufferfest ones. And for anyone who doesn't know, you do like a test, a one minute, oh, yeah. a five second sprint um 20 minute test you do all these tests yeah it's called a 4dp you can watch a video of tom doing it actually on youtube it's quite funny yeah. he's like suffering like a dog but it is like absolutely brutal but then the sessions were totally designed for you off what your powers were at different durations and yeah, the because they will look at if for example your um vo2 max is 400 but your threshold is 385 so but so the five minute test is, is the, the VO2 max test. And then after that, you've got this threshold block, then the VO2 max and the threshold is quite close to each other. So with, that would implicate you need to do more VO2 work. Um, uh, and uh, it would also say sprint, but sprint is not really important for us. But it's actually, it was a bloody good test and the sessions were flipping awesome, weren't they? Like I would massively yeah. recommend that. I actually might get on that again this winter because I found that so beneficial doing that. Yeah, I, I, I might just, get on it. Just hard there, wasn't it? You just need to, I, it's like your tolerance. You need to do a few third, to get into it, don't you think? Yesterday because was like... my third, third ride again on Swift, and I, I did these little uh, bursting efforts, and I thought like, all right, it's actually fun now. I need to make it fun again to get on Swift. Five hours, I think, is flipping nuts. But a ninety-minute, um, a ninety-minute uh, interval workout is quite fun, I think, on Swift. Uh, on on a suffer fest, like just on on the trainer on these these yeah, these. Yeah, you've just got to be. That, that suffer fest, I feel like you have to do a few to get your tolerance up because at and first then, they're like Especially really if you're an age group, just to keep it simple, um, you can do one of these a week and then one swift race with a couple of mates.
and then a long one, like an hour. So it's basically forces you into tempo. <laughs> and if and if you're not fucked, you'll be ready to race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will never forget that we had this shit, shit winter and we did this double race session. So first a short TT. And then we thought we did this uh, short little loop, the Alpe d'Huez race. And it took us I knew like it was a long hours. one. No, I, I knew know. how long the race was like. And then you attacked on that fucking power meter that overreads, dropped me over the top of the climb. People didn't know, the course was, you were to go up the mountain on Zwift, which is like a 400 meter climb, 450 meter climb. And at the top, it's a bit grippy. It's like false flat, isn't it? Like, yeah. and then you went down the other side into the jungle or somewhere. And then you ended up finishing going up yeah. the Zwift. And like, we were in the lead group. And but I thought reason, because it said something like, we went on this flat bit and it said, uh, 15k to go so i was like all right guys let's do a little chain gang because i was with these korean uh, 40k uh, uh delivery boys and um then all of a sudden uh it said corner one of the swift so i was like flipping hell this is gonna take another one hour and 40 minutes or something it was, was uh, it an hour and 20 or an hour and it, 10? yeah it was about know. an hour and 20 minutes something like that i think the race started at pretty much towards the bottom of the climb you went up a 25 minute climb descended for i don't know probably like five ten minutes bit of false flat like you say and then a 40 minute climb to the top of Zwift and I, I think I averaged like 350 watts for like 80 minutes but you dropped me and I ended up being stuck in no man's land I couldn't bridge back across <laughs> and then I could just see you riding ahead on the climb because you were probably like what 30 40 well, seconds ahead of me at the end but we did like have we did a, we did have fun though oh yeah it was good fun but like you like put me in the gutter and I was fucked <laughs> what's by the way this new new function on Zwift where they say You've got this add-on where you can uh, uh, looks like a PlayStation stick. Something. Have you seen that? No. What does that do? Give you an extra power or something? I don't know, but I think they will make it more into like a gaming uh, uh, thing. Surely you just need strong legs, don't you? In the race, like the, uh, having a remote control is not going to give you an extra twenty watts. No, is it? no, that's not. I know, I know it's not going <laughs> on the legs and, and the overreading power meter. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I'd rather just. Yeah. You'd be better off just buying an overreading power meter, an old power meter that overreads, wouldn't you? Than buying a PlayStation controller. Right? <laughs> I think it's more to like. I, I don't know. I, I had hoped that I haven't looked into it, but I thought maybe you like can, Zwift uh, racing. If you've got a generous power meter, is really fun. Zwift racing, if you're on a power meter that underreads, I imagine would be absolutely horrific. I would be racing uh, the women in the D category if yeah, I had but something no one, like that. No one wants to race in the D cat, do they? You know, you always want to race, like push yourself, don't you? But if you've got an underread one and you think you're pretty decent, it would just be soul destroying just getting beaten up by like C and D cat. But how do you know yours underreads? Well, that's the thing you don't. Always... You just find it demoralizing, don't you? And just get like the shit kicked out of you all the time. <laughs> have you got anything else to talk for this week i think that's it an hour and seven minutes mate that's flipping that's gotta be a record i don't know all right um before we go uh, i want to say thanks to the patreons we have probably got something exciting coming up right for the patreons for the for the 20th time but uh <laughs> Um, <laughs> when you it reminds me of this message that Tom told me he got this message from someone the other day patron he said oh, I've been signed up for a patron and I've just been looking for the new episodes like whereabouts are whereabouts are these bonus episodes uh, no but didn't we, we we came up with a um, don't even talk about a, it yet uh, until we get uh, it into place like we're just going to get people's hopes up exactly. and uh we just we just want you warmed up. We just want to get you warmed up. Anyway, if you want to support us and if you want to support the show, uh, head over to sign the up. Link in and our, we may uh, or we may not and, uh, post something on Patreon. That basically, it's a risk. <laughs> it's a, it's risk. a risk. Exactly. But um, we're using the money uh, uh, towards creating more content for. Uh, the plan is to get you out yeah, to races, new, uh, isn't it? The new year. Okay. Um, for yeah. uh, for the content, yes. But anyway, thanks for the support, everyone. Um, big hugs from your dogs. And um, yeah, stay clean. Bye. Would you say stay that? Stay clean. clean? Uh, yeah. well, I've never heard that before. Stay clean, brother. Like, don't get all oh, the stay dogs. Clean. Stay clean. Yeah, oh, there's enough of them going around. Yeah. Oh, we could have talked about as well as about that one out of seven age groupers is on. Uh, oh, apparently that drugs. was um, like it's a bit of a skew because, like, if you read the study properly, someone contacted and told me that like they count like painkillers and stuff as it. So, like, when you read it properly, they've oh, basically okay. they've made it clickbaity from that first bit. Like, it's load of bollocks, apparently. Okay. 
Anyway, stay See clean, you. brother. Bye.